what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we have a safe word, we will not stop. That's a little scary. Hey, this is uh, Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. Uh, my guest today, Killian Monsoon. Monsoon. I know, I said it right the first time. <laughs> I want to say Monsoon, because Killian Monsoon sounds like an 80s wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny, actually, someone actually said that to me today, that uh, Lillian Monsoon getting my name wrong on purpose sounded like a professional wrestler from the 80s yeah which i'm not no 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 contrary no. to uh contrary your, to your aesthetics my aesthetics i'm not a professional wrestler from the 80s or modern era did In you fact, did you follow uh wrestling because i don't oh, know what it was yeah, like because yeah, yeah. it, it seemed like europe in uh or england and canada had a long history of that kind of um theatrical quote wrestling in the 80s and stuff a lot of people were coming out of especially the uh you know the uh brett the hitman hard and all that territory system that was Mm -hmm. back in the 80s yeah yeah yeah. well it was pretty gangster from what i could tell from it yeah well i mean it, it seemed to be like the shit for everybody in the 80s and then Vince McMahon came along and swallowed up all the competition everywhere and turned it into one kind of global conglomerate. The Walmart of action sports. And then it is what it is today through, you know, going public and all that kind of shit. But yeah, yeah, I grew up watching Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, The Undertaker, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I grew up watching that shit when I was Rowdy Roddy Piper was... uh, you know, he was doing some touring and one-man shows and things like that, but he started to spend a lot of time at the comedy store. And yeah, he started I started doing that. some stand-up. So his name is actually on the wall of the comedy store. I think no they, shit. I they made a, uh, an exception. And uh, the few times that I'd met him and uh, that he was around, the guy couldn't be a more endearing, nice person. Like, you're, you're, you know, it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Who's not going to freak out? Like, it, it's like I, re- I saw Mr. T in the gym. Really? Which, yeah. Which gym? In a, uh, a, a 24-hour fitness in Sherman Oaks. Right. And Kevin Hart was there. Yeah. So I'd met Kevin in Toronto when he was like little Kev. Uh, Kenny Robinson used to bring him in for the all-black comedy shows. Right. One of the few American acts that he would bring over. And I, he was the first person I'd ever seen do an hour and a half of comedy. 
you know, Kevin Hart. Yeah, and kill it. So I, I know I was like, cool. I hadn't seen him in a while. He's clearly gone on to stardom, mm. and it was like, wow, nice to see you again. And then we both look at each other and go, Mr. T's here. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's uh, insane. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you were born when I was in 1949, um, well, how old are you now? You're in your hundreds. I'm 32 now. 32. Because, well, when I'd met you, let's, let's introduce you. Yeah, we should you. probably give some context just so that yeah. people listening to this <laughs> what is inevitably destined to be one of your lowest fucking <laughs> listened to podcasts. No, because of who I, the fuck is this fucking nothing that you have got on? No, that's not true. Because you were a, a small piece in a very poignant part of my life in England. And uh, via comedy, music... Which was something I'd never really... I had those in two separate boxes coming out of Canada. And then when I... Yeah. You know, being in... Moving to the UK, within a matter of six months, I'm at Glastonbury Festival. Right. I'm a, you could do comedy outside in the mud and people will watch at 4 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, thousands of them will. I, I, I couldn't... And I tried to bring that format. I tried to do a European music festival style with a band comedian, band comedian, with an interval... It was the disaster. Yeah. They couldn't make the transformation from a comedy, comedy audience to watching extreme music. And then if there was a break, everyone went home at the break. Right. <laughs> I was like, this is your time to load up a drink so that you can pay attention during the stand-up portion of the show. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it, yeah. it was like showing a, a, gar, a dog a It's a always been... It's, it's always been... Uh, we still haven't answered the we question. We still haven't actually explained who the fuck I am for yeah. these people. So I moved to England. Uh, two names were brought up immediately. Jim Jeffries and Steve Hughes. Um, Jim for his uh, comedic styles and Jim uh, or, uh, Steve for his music tastes. Mm -hmm. And uh, immediately is like, even though the accent... The aesthetics and his demeanor was like, oh, I grew up with all these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were relatively the same age. Um, his music tastes, he really opened it up for me because what I was getting from, you know, uh, exposure to music was through, like, skateboarding circles of punk rock and hardcore right. music. And then later, you know, the uh, thrash metal, Megadeth Slayer, you know, the usual suspects, the, the big... Um, Three, four. Big, big four. Big four. Minus uh, my countryman, Anvil. How rude. Well, everyone seems to have just fucking shat, taken an enormous shit all over Anvil relentlessly in terms of just stealing everything that they had to offer. And then, and even went through sort of recent revival with the documentary, mm -hmm. Anvil, the story of Anvil. That kind of, you know, brought it, brought it back up, you know, a bit for their, their career and everything like that, but they seem to have just gone back to square one all over again. Ah, uh, they played the Viper Room a little while ago, which is clearly Oh, I saw them in Manchester game. in England. Uh, uh, Thor what? played here a couple months ago, and I, I did not Get go. Yes, out of here. Thor. Thor, Thor played at the yeah, Viper Room. I'm a little disappointed. It was kind of like not getting a chance to see Johnny Cash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, you've seen that documentary on Netflix on sure. him. Yeah. It's insane, like yeah, the life yeah. that he lived and his Vegas act and all that. You know, a lot of the Canadian bands are not as, uh, they're typically Canadian. They're not that angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> more of a, they're very, more like the killer dwarves. Killer dwarves. A lot of the Canadian artists had a sense of humor about themselves, except like 
the uh, Drake and the uh, Justin's Beaver. Oh, I keep forgetting that Drake is is uh, from your neck of the woods. Yeah, so does he. <laughs> <laughs> we still haven't actually answered who the fuck I no. am. No. <laughs> so, and then we, I think we might have gone to a show with Steve or something like that, was in London or something. I can, no, I, you, I, the way I remember it was that, right, to actually finally put this fucking question to rest, I... I now say to people, because I can't even be fucking bothered to say that I was a stand-up, because it just sounds like I I, I was... It, it just sounds like that scene was a, with Marlon Brando thing. <laughs> Could have been a contender. You, you sure? Know, that, that kind that, of shit. That Al and Bundy it, thing. I was, yeah, I was just, on the football team. It basically just sounds like I am a failure whenever I say I used to do stand-up. But I, I, So I say to people now, I, I used to be involved in the comedy scene, but I used to do stand-up. Yeah, and uh, I started sort of the tail end of two thousand and four, uh, early two thousand and five. I forget exactly. Yeah, when. I think it was literally the first year and a half that but you I, had done stand up. Yes, it was because I was do. I met you at the London Comedy Store in two thousand and six. Yeah, sort of summerish. And uh, it was my first time playing the London Comedy Store. And what a great place. Yeah, a fucking superb place. Uh, you know, perfect room. I mean, I mean, it is essentially... It's like Hitler's bunker. Yeah. Essentially, it's a basement room, but perfect. Way more of, laughs, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean... Like, <laughs> Not on gong, the Gong Show... It wasn't the gong show. No, 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 but that show could be pretty... Brutal. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I the love fir that. The first fucking time I ever went to the London gong show, here's a story for you. There was... Um, I was... Uh, uh, the, I was taking a piss when this was going on, but... Um, oh. Hello. It's My five o'clock. talks. Um, Paul Bettany, a, a, a Scouse comic, who I, I don't, I'm not sure he does comedy anymore himself, but he told me what uh, later on transpired. A woman, the, the Gong Show, uh, if people don't know, is you know kind of like a contrived bear pit where they get as many fucking lunatics on as possible, see if they can try the last five minutes without you know three people in the audience waving a red card. Uh, or the gongmeister, the MC's discretion to get rid of the fuckers. So they just get fucking anybody to do this shit, and they yeah, try and but also some gems get in there. Some gems you know, get in there. It sounds like very malicious the way you described it, but that's a porthole for yeah. you to get in, and there you you know it's set up for disaster. Oh, absolutely. And the people that rock that room. Really, everyone's proud of them, but the, the, they know how hard it is. Well, you get fucking ripped. Well, that's uh, that's why I. I mean, I barely watch stand up anymore. I have more fun watching people just fucking eat shit on stage. Well, you've days. seen <laughs> and, and worked with some of the best comedians. Absolutely. I mean, uh, but uh, anyway, the the this woman came on uh, to do the Gong Show. She had it. She had a headscarf on, completely bald. She's obviously. Terminal, right? Yeah, and which is goes, always hilarious. Which is always superb and is going to win you over support, or so she thought. Yeah. She comes up on stage and says, hello, my name's Lisa, or whatever yeah. her fucking name was. It's a telethon um, now. And um, I've got 
uh, stage four cancer or whatever it was. And one of the last things I would like to do before I die is stand-up comedy. Uh, Gong straight off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it's supposed to be. You're... But she wouldn't leave. No. And she wouldn't leave. And she was screaming at the audience. She was berating them to really? say, how could you? This is so... Aw- how you inhumane scum. Uh, and they, no. she eventually got carted off to a, the audience chanting, fuck off and die. Great. I mean, that's one thing I loved about the Brits is their <laughs> their sense of theater is so deep and long and like people lost heads after bad gags <laughs> for, for centuries. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's been yeah game court of jesters yeah, yeah, would fucking, fucking get their tongues ripped booed out. Off. And shit. You were lucky to get booed off. Yeah, a strong, drawn and quartered <laughs> because the rubber chicken didn't come out in time. But if you're like a fresh-faced 19-year-old like I was, because I started when I was when I was 19, yeah, and uh, I had no fucking business doing it. I, I had no life experience. I had a completely, really sheltered upbringing, and <laughs> yeah, and I just. But I wanted. But I was like really enthused. I hated school. I hated yeah. being in the middle of nowhere. I wanted to be out in the cities. I wanted to be. It's like being in a one-man rock band. Yeah. I wanted to be watching shows. I wanted to be going to see heavy metal gigs. I wanted to be doing all of that shit. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I just thought I was belligerent enough to give it a go. Well, Steve Hughes is like a... It's, it's very intoxicating to see somebody that's that good and that cool. Yeah. At the same time, you're like, yeah. you know, I can flow with that and shit. And I, I kind of, I was sort of had a similar experience to you in that, you know, the first person that everyone kept mentioning to me when I started was, you should check out Steve Hughes because uh, uh, they never mentioned the heavy metal thing to me. They just kept no. saying, check this guy out. And then I met him at, uh, uh, did you ever play XS Malarkey in Manchester? No, I could. I, I, very couldn't, f- I couldn't get into the frog and bucket <laughs> in Manchester. Well, that's really quite a sad indictment when you can't get into that fucking shit heap. He told me flat out it was not having me. <laughs> and my friend got in an argument with him and I just walked away. I couldn't care. I'm at the Manchester Comedy Store. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I almost got in a fight. Because <laughs> really? not, nothing Imagine to do with that. the show. It, you know that spiral staircase? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bumped a guy. You know how crowded it is. It's one of those coiling staircases that yeah. are very barely and you got a bunch of fat manx manx and the fucking guy he tried to pull that display off the wall (laughs) hit me with it and d dion or d d he was a short stocky guy he was there he was he was my go-to guy d oh the uh, the doorman doorman he was right there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he was a friend of mine he was like what the fuck mate and they wrestled him out the door he goes what'd you say i go nothing (laughs) i bumped him he goes that's why you wanted to kill you i'm like out of all the shit that's come out of my mouth but but this is the same venue where with jim 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 jeffries famously getting punched on stage and we're uh held at knife point yeah yeah yeah, with steve hughes yes and his girlfriend Whitehead yes. happened to be conveniently this, away. <laughs> yeah, well, but that, what a cr- infamous. Well, that crazy story, story is just like the. I mean, Jim talked about it on stage in an Edinburgh show years ago. Mm. Like he gave a real kind of. Steve is still to still to this day. He's still kind of cagey about it. Sure. Uh, you know, for obvious reasons. Like, yeah. Um, he had a machete. Well, for yeah, for people. Don't know what we're talking about. These uh, Jim Jeffries, Jason John Whitehead, and Steve Hughes used to live in a house together in a suburb of Manchester called Wally Range. 
Uh, you grew up in this town. I didn't grow up in Manchester. I grew up in fucking <laughs> very nowhere. offended from that. You rather grow up in a one horse town? Nowhere near this. I grew up kind of all over the place. I used to. You know where my grandfather's from? Where Grimsby? Really? That's how I got in the country. Via really? My, my grandfather's from Grimsby. My grandmother's from Cork, but yeah. my grandfather's from Grimsby. I was trying to navigate. It's a shit fishing town from where yeah, I it's told. a shithole yeah but you have probably been there at some point i was i used to live not far away from grinsbury really? i used to live just outside hull okay which is east yorkshire which mm-hmm. is kind of I like it's, yorkshire. It's, it's it's a bit i think hull's north of grinsbury i think your accent is very uh mixed distinct uh, distinct yes in the sense that it's not london no <laughs> Again, see, British people are very territorial of what their part of the culture is. Well, I'm not even British, technically. I nope. just grew up there. Yeah. I'm Irish originally, hence mm. the name Killian. Yeah. But, uh, a which, lot of Irish in Liverpool. Yeah, there is a lot of Irish. One of my in favorite cities. A lot, of, a lot of Liverpool actually looks like Dublin. I've heard a lot of last names. I, got a, I stayed at the. Uh, one of my earliest gigs was at the Slaughterhouse in Liverpool. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's in a great... probably 2004. Yeah, that's a great, a great gig. And it, I stayed in the pub, and it was they, they gave me this whole two-hour tutorial on how the place is haunted, and good night. Oh, everyone's fucking... Every fucking... Yeah, it's England. It's Everything's haunted. about England. Everywhere's fucking haunted, and of course it's not, and then you just <laughs> stay up all night... This guy, am I going to hear this ghost? Am I going to hear oh. No, you're not. Nothing's haunted. You just, oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up with your bullshit. It's They're just like a the way folklore. for these people just to waste your time for two hours and yeah. just twat on about a story. So you grew up in it. It was like, <laughs> cool. It was like having a wizard tell me a magical spell. I was like, what? <laughs> the pub is haunted. Yeah. And I'm like, sure it is. Yeah. Just call me when the walls start bleeding, when it starts to get cool around here. I got a soundtrack and for that shit. the elevator doors slide yeah. open. And the Give me that shining experience. Not like, ooh, a dead child's shadow in the window. Yeah. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. They were, what was it? Some comedian has a joke about like all these ghost stories. Uh, yeah. They go into a child's playroom. La, I, la, I, la, la. And yeah. Over there in the corner, a child used to eat. Sometimes people hear a child playing with toys. Yeah. Like really, in a children's playroom. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it must be the echo of their dead voices. Yeah. There's a, um, you know, that's part of the tourism in England. You get all those castles and shit. You can get people to believe anything. You show something that's older than well, the country uh, they're from, and they'll blow their mind. Well, there's a, do you know the Blarney Stone in Ireland? Yeah. We, we, Mike Wilmot says they pee on it. We do. We piss on it. You do piss on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we he know does that, that in a bit. We, we know that stupid Americans yeah. will go and no, kiss it. No, they piss on it. He yeah. goes, that was in his bit. He goes, oh, you get to Ireland, uh, blah blah blah. You fall off a stool. They'll make up a song and sing it about you. And he goes, and don't kiss the Barney Stone. <laughs> they piss on it. Yeah. I thought it was a it was a gag, but no. that makes a lot of sense. No, we, we yeah we piss on piss it. Piss on the stone. That's so fucking like. You know, any Mel Gibson period movie where the that's the 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 rebellious aspect of the culture, though. Mm. You come over and glorify this rock. You're an idiot. Well, I think that's also because uh, well, the, the Irish, uh, Irish have kind of a wonderful disrespect 
when <laughs> when it comes to stuff like like we because I, I think it's partly because of Irish history, mm. which is you know not exactly. My th- grandmother said there used to be signs saying uh, "No dogs, no Irish, no blacks, no blacks, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, that was in. You'd see that window. You'd see that sign in pub windows in. I can't remember when they that bring them quite closer as a community. Quite recently in history, that was like you know enforceable. Um, I think that was like um, until the sixties or something, which went in the scheme of things isn't actually that long ago. Mm. Um, but it was um, it's strange that how we all kind of got lumped together like that in England: blacks, dogs, and Irish. But I, I was just concerned about what order it was. I don't know why <laughs> Irish seem to be last on the list. My, my friend, he says he hates parents, teachers, and pedophiles. Walter, <laughs> 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 a Dutch comedian, which, of course. Which is the... Um, <laughs> the pedophiles are number three. <laughs> parents, teachers, and children, yeah, and pedophiles are yeah. number three. Are they all linked together somehow? <laughs> I don't know. He's Dutch. <laughs> he, he grew up in Amsterdam. He's a comedian. Walter Mace, my buddy of mine. He's like six, four, and about 110 pounds. Wow. Rides a bicycle uh, through the uh, Canary, Canary Islands and stuff. And uh, I met him. I did a show. I bombed so bad at Tumler's in the hall in Amsterdam. Okay. I was all going to bring my taboo comedy to fucking Holland and I fucking died. It was a bath. It was the first time I ever been stared at in a, in a collective I, of a disappointed family. I was going to ask, what was, was it staring or was it like there was noise attached Steve to Steve had done the joke a year earlier or they'll stare at you until, until you, you cry. cry yeah. And I, did, I had no idea of that. I've never dealt with a collective of my, this is what you do with your time. Mike, Mike Wilmot, I think, has... Ten the, British people pissing themselves laughing at a table. Yeah. <laughs> 200 Dutch people not having it. It's funny because even when you're sort of dying at these gigs, if you do a really dark joke, like involving... It'll provoke something. It'll, you'll, you'll, like, guaranteed you'll Nothing. always get like a Brit in the corner just going... <laughs> yeah. When you're doing like yeah. a cancer joke At or something. At least showing a human quality out of awkwardness. <laughs> you know. They were giving me the thousand mile stare. It was crowd work. Anything, I, all my attempts were all like I was trying to hug somebody with no arms. It was brutal. <laughs> Very humbling. Very humbling. Mike Wilmot has the best joke about how they stare at you. They just have this look on your face as if to say, these are lies. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, I don't believe any of this. <laughs> you're, you're not uh, being honest with us yeah. or yourself. And we frown upon that here. Yeah, the Holland's great, though. I, I would go and bomb again just to uh, hang out. Yeah, I got to redeem myself. Uh, the, the Probably 2007, I think it was, the Lowlands Festival. And I got Stuart okay. Francis in the tool. From no Stu- way. Yeah, we were doing it, and Stanhope was doing the Unbookables. Okay. And uh, it was like Sugar, Sugar Sammy and uh, Jamie Kilstein actually was on that. Yeah. And um, Doug and the Unbookables. And um, Stuart Francis was on the show. And I said, listen, you know, you should look at this band. I don't even know what kind of music. You, you like rock and roll. You should come and check out Tool. And uh, we went and watched Tool. And uh, it was epic. I was high. 
on uh, mushrooms, I think. And he was just uh, stoked by it. So now he's like a, a Tool fan. I don't know what that oh, has to do with anything. But no. Holland is a, a tough place to do comedy. Well, so is Germany, I discovered. Because mm. I got booked to do... I got booked... They do like one English night a month or something. Yeah, it was like... It was through... What the <laughs> fuck is that dude's name? Jeff Whiting. Oh, Jeff Whiting. Yeah. He was... He used to... When I'd first come there in 2004, he was my guy, and then he cut me off, and I got off the curb was my... Uh, yeah, that agent. kind of... Uh, oh, so he used to represent you. Oh, uh, yeah, kind of Or he just half. kept just yeah, booking you. He just, I think I'd done a showcase in East Hastings. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, East Hastings. Northeast London, anyway. And uh, anyway, the, I've done some the, showcases. This dude is famous for just... If there would be like a crack in the wall where you could put a microphone and like the watchful eye of an audience member, he would run a gig there. Like he would just fuck. Like what was that? You know, <laughs> Jeff Whiting walks into a bar, comedy club opens. Yeah, you know, he would everywhere. Yeah, and like well, I there did, was supply and demand. I, I did a. I I think this was for him. If it's not, I do apologize, but <laughs> if he is listening. But if this wasn't for him, sorry, but I'm pretty sure it was. I did a hair salon in Soho in London, and they had no sound system but a fake microphone. And they said, and they said to me beforehand, they said, uh, we got a fake microphone. I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll just like talk. And they went, no, 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 they don't laugh if, if you don't. Hold it. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Is it, yeah, yeah they, they don't laugh if you don't hold it. What do you mean, like Chris Angel? Yeah. Is this a magic wand? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like, like it's like you told them. Yeah, that's, that's a weird mass hypnosis thing. Yeah, it's, it, if the mic shuts off during the show, I put it down and we go Shakespeare. Yeah. Why try and reinvent the wheel? People been talking, yelling at strangers in dirt roads but for it was, years. It was like their equivalent of me waving when they should laugh. Well, she's you know? probably a failed artist, <laughs> honestly, who's, who thinks that she knows a little bit about show business. It looks better with the microphone in your hand. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, th that would be one thing if they were paying punters sat down in like audience style seating no these are fucking customers in the salon getting their fucking hair done <laughs> that's where you shoot your special <laughs> totally that's that's exactly you could spend a hundred grand on a theater lights cameras you get a couple gopros and bomb in a salon while some girl's getting fucking her asshole waxed dude <laughs> Bleached. Bleached. You're not even... They English is a second language. Half of it's Filipino and some Russian ladies that are getting their assholes bleached. In Soho in London. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You go Manhattan. You go way over the bend. Okay. So you're just some asshole from out of town. Well, they're trying to get their shit straight so they can hook on the weekends. Anyway. It's still, it's still kind of... Uh, it still surprises me to this day that people plow their fucking... Hard-earned cash into the fucking Edinburgh Festival every single year. I mean, if you're a comic that is coming, for, if, like if you're an American comic that's like in a step, like Ari Shafir, I think uh, just did Edinburgh last year, maybe. Uh, I think a couple of years earlier. I think he's was been a few a times now. Yeah. Well, that I can understand because he's that kind of. You no know, one's no one would find him otherwise. Yeah, they're not looking. That's the thing. London alone, 
I think I'm also speaking from a dated reference, but when I last left, the uh, talent, international talent, New York is pretty uh, metropolitan. Yeah. As far as style, but you got comedians from 20 different countries on the circuit. London at one point had like had a real fucking. It was on fire, man. It, It was when I lived at Cranley Gardens in the Madhouse. Well, that's not, that used to be the you, comedians. You, I was there once for a fucking party. It was after Steve and I had just seen Emperor at the Astoria. <laughs> okay. It was Emperor's... I saw own, Gorgoroth at the Astoria. It was Emperor's yeah. one and only... Uh, oh, that's by the London, Bar. Yes. It's yeah, closed yeah. now. That was a great venue. Yeah, the, the Astoria was historic. Yeah. And Emperor were, had reunited after splitting up for the first time after they released the album Prometheus, The Discipline of Fire and Demise. And they had reunited. And like I found out they had reunited for a few select shows. They were doing like Varken and a couple of European festivals. This is before the European circuit was like fucking where it is now. Yeah. Uh, where it's a circuit. This was just a few, a handful of gigs and one indoor gig at the London Astoria. I think they did a couple of indoor gigs like at BB King's in, in Manhattan. And this maybe is one. a big reunion tour. Yeah, this is lineup. like super exclusive, yeah. you know. Um, only a handful of dates? And I fu- yeah, Only a handful of dates. Was I there found- an album release then? No, 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 no. Because okay, no. so like they'd, they'd said before Prometheus was even released that they were splitting up that they'd emperor had run its course and like an emperor were my gateway to the extreme scene. Like I love that. Band. Mine was Bronsky beat. Bron- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I found out they were reuniting through a voicemail that Steve had left me. You know, Killian emperor are reuniting at the London story. <laughs> we must go. We must go. I repeat, they are reuniting. Emperor uh, are reuniting yeah. I at think the I've London story. Yeah. We must go. It's a we red must alert. Go. <laughs> yeah. He's very enthusiastic and to the point. Oh yeah. Well, you do not miss these shows. No. And um, <laughs> and so so I I got on the fucking phone. I bought like three tickets. You know, by mistake. I was only supposed to get two, but mm. um, we eventually went with uh, Anil. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I follow him on social media. He's in and out of like Australia. And he's over there a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got a following out there. I love him. He reminds he's me great. of Edinburgh and stuff. He does a lot of good impressions. He keeps, he keeps telling me that my he because he never recognizes me every every time What's I bump the into deal? him. What's his Desai? Desai? Yeah. And Neil. forgive me, Anil, if I've pronounced <laughs> that mispronounced that. But he always uh, he always gives me. He always says that he he never recognizes me because I always change my look every time I see he him. He looks the same. He's looked he looks twenty seven. His entire life, um, whereas I've kind of sort of fluctuated. My I've gone from long hair to short hair to clean shaven to mm. beard to skinny little dweeb to just a bit chunky. Yeah, um, metapausal. Me- yeah, <laughs> I'm it's just that I've gone through various stages of hot flushes mm. throughout my imagery. But um, yeah, so we we went to uh, see Emperor, had a fucking blast, and then. I was proceeded to be dragged around half of London by Steve, and we eventually. I've we, been on those tractor pulls. Oh God! And like, <laughs> and it's fun though. I love. It. My hands are sweating. 
Oh, it was. Uh, this wasn't fun. This was this him is just. This Soho like, at four in the morning. The, he was just dragging me around like, oh, don't worry, we'll find you a couch. You can just fucking crash out. I was like, where are you going to find me a couch? Yeah. Like on the street. And we eventually ended up at that fucking madhouse at Cranley yeah. Gardens where there was a house party going on. And I was just like, okay, where am I going to find. Because I was like, I was willing to just fucking bail and find. Uh, you know, shitty bedsit somewhere. Yeah. Uh, just because I was exhausted. You actually ended up at the worst place. Yeah. Trying I, to get sleep. I mean, like, this was just comedians broken, beaten, yeah. <laughs> emotionally scarred. It, it was a beautiful old English home that had, well, when I lived there, there you know, I remember Dar O'Brien coming over. Yeah. <laughs> and no, Ed Byrne and. You know, various uh, actresses and rock stars, and they would take acid and watch Ernest Goes to Camp all night. Wow. On a screen in a blacked out room. I went into the room, and everyone's on beanbag chairs, tripped out watching every Ernest movie. Ernest Goes Here, Ernest This, on a loop, and I'm hearing gen- people in, in London yelling, Genius! All tripped out. Yeah, that house was... Uh, uh, it was great. It's now taken over by a group of uh, death metal heads, I believe. Really? Yeah, I think it's a, like a metal... Because, you know, the heavy metal scene in London, uh, you know, all those... It's a nice neighborhood. It is a very cool neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, like, sort of been... Be sort shocked. Of ...taken over by metal heads. We, uh, I would be surprised that they would let another group of artists in there after the rinse through. It's just like we had some crazies. I can't stuff. I can't even go into detail about, but um, it was insane and it was so much fun. You know what are a collective group of people? Oxford graduates. Yeah. You know former uh, uh, comedy duos and everybody under the sun would come through that place. Oh, that that was why I was so exhausted because the night before. I think I'd bumped into you. It was the Manchester Comedy Festival and Stanhope was doing Manchester for yeah. the first time. That's and right. And there's a, a pub on the corner in the daytime or something, I think. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. But we ended up back at Steve's uh, uh, studio apartment, I think is mm-hmm. the polite way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was a shoebox with a record player. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. With a with a little crate of rocks by the corner of the window, yeah. and I and like because when I first met Steve, he invited me round always to jam. Because we, when we first met and started talking, this is the fucking longest roundabout to how I met Steve. <laughs> but I don't look so bad this episode. <laughs> I'm telling you, like everyone's gonna be listening to this guy. Who the fuck is this guy? Anyway, I um, so I we hit it off because we pretty much discovered that uh, we had virtually identical tastes in in not just heavy metal but in music. In that we both loved Emperor and Enya. Like yeah. that was that was our sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah, gateway yeah, yeah. to know that we were on the a level Canadian with each other. Canadian artist, as you know. Yeah. Enya. Yeah, a, a famously Canadian artist. Right. Enya, I like Enya. <laughs> I love Enya. I don't get why she like what everyone just. Everyone fucking hates her. So what did she do? I mean, like she got grouped in with Nickelback <laughs> and yeah. Kenny G. But even for like no reason. What even like Nickelback? I don't like. I, I couldn't. I'm not really. It's a. It's a fad. 
It's like Richard so Gere. Trendy the, to hate them. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What, you know what the, the fuck did they do to you? You know? Yeah. Leave them alone. Leave Kenny G alone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, so that's how we we discovered that uh, we, you know, we just kept listing bands that we love. And we're like, oh, I fucking love that band too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, a good, you got some good Steve Hughes mannerisms. Some of this is lost to the people. Who yeah, some of it for the, but like, yeah, the, the one thing I'm pretty sort of like, do you understand? It's retarded. You yeah. know that thing with his hands yeah. that he always does. Yeah, he's that. he's complimenting you and chastising you yeah. at the same time. <laughs> it's very endearing. Yeah, and he's just trying to make a point without hurting your feelings. Yeah. Well, the, 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 <laughs> if you, he's got a very famous clip of him. And by, by the way, I, this is not to. I love that man. He's my brother. Oh yeah, he's the best. Like he, I love he's that man I with all of my heart. I miss him so much. Yeah, he's not he, dead. He's, no, no, he's no, no, just, no, not in Australia. You're in England. He, I'm in California. We're, we're we across these miles circles. apart, and it takes a long and time. And I run for into people. you at the comedy store of all places. So we'll go from how we met, <laughs> Steve, to the current time. But um. So, like, I, I, yeah, I love Steve. He has a viral clip, if anybody wants to check him out, of, which has gone viral on social media in this sort of politically correct wow, era. Wow, ahead that, of the curve, right? Yeah, way ahead. He was talking about this shit years before. A decade, before, yeah. He, a good Literally, decade. I remember seeing his Edinburgh show. A good decade yeah. before all yeah. of this p- political correctness mayhem that we're, we're experiencing now. Yeah, he was... Talking about, and he not only talking about, but chastised relentlessly amongst yeah. the British comedy scene. British comedy has you this got weird. You as a Nazi sympathizer uh, and all this fucking shit. You're after the wrong dude. Uh, completely the wrong guy. Completely. Like, Compl- so over the bend. I mean, wrong you, you guy. have no idea, like, the empathy that this man has uh, for the dispossessed. Yes. And for the, um, the underdog, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's like he won't go to a supermarket. He he will go to a local. Oh yeah, butcher yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a local tried to find food with him. Yeah, he's like, no, mate. Yeah, fuck he, it. No, mate, we're not going here. Did you, did he I don't a, trust the, the fucking meat. The guy was like uh, uh, probably a millionaire, and he had a pay-as-you-go phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, he still he refuses to get a smartphone. <laughs> he won't get a smartphone. I love it. I love it. And yeah. he, I mean, like, he resists, he's got a, a, not to shatter any illusions now, but he does have a, an iPad, a tablet, mm. and that's pretty much just to manage his email and Skype people. Sure, it, he's very it. minimalistic. He, he's, he, he's very, he's not materialistic at all. He's v- extremely frugal uh, for good reason, because he understands the way the world works and he understands how... If you don't have money in this in this society, this westernized society we live in, you're fucked. Yeah, you know he he he's very he he gets um, he gets mocked quite a bit in you know, but for being crazy he, or he whatever. Doesn't give a fuck. He but, shouldn't give a fuck. Well, he doesn't give a fuck. And uh, but you know, I I mean, like I've heard people like because everyone knows how close because I am they're to him. easy it's easy for them to be flippant they have they don't oh, know they him yeah exactly and uh, but he's he, it's Cocks the one us. thing that you the one mistake you could make with him is underestimate how intelligent he is oh yeah he's extremely smart um so where the fuck was I going with it oh yeah he he was um He's got this clip on social media of people being offended. Yeah, I played and it there, in numerous a, places. Yeah, and there's a bit in it where he's he's repeating, 
like he, he's reacting to people telling like I was offended yeah. and his and he has a bit where he just go <laughs> the bit that makes me laugh isn't even a punchline it's him just going I don't care yeah because I I've seen that yeah. exasperated yeah. for real I've seen him oh it's rooted <laughs> in in anchored in the truth oh it's completely rooted in is, that's why yeah. that makes me laugh that bit makes me laugh more than anything else because I've seen him like oh. pacing around the room. Ranting yeah. about you do people. not want to get in a moral high ground argument with Steve Hughes. No, because he will he will annihilate you with <laughs> truth with truth yeah. really yeah, and cool. and logic and, um, and that's why when I saw you last night yeah at the comedy store I was like I always associate you with that uh, our good friend that was a superb was segue into me meeting you at yeah the comedy store exactly <laughs> so this is weird you're passing by you know how many people have run into like comedians from Finland and various characters in and, in and around the comedy industry that mm. on the patio at the comedy store it's such a it's it like seems a to magnetic. be that kind of sort of uh, center of the universe sort of place. Yeah, if you've been around comedy for a long period of time, you're still kind of there's some curiosity, like you know those animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got, you got. You can see the look in their eyes. Yeah. Of, of it's just, like, oh, I've been around these people yeah. before. <laughs> I've seen that broken toys. loss of hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seen, oh, can I make a movie? I've seen that disillusioned look before. <laughs> That's it hunched, is hunched haunting. shoulders. <laughs> oh yeah, people develop a form of scoliosis. I've got a fucking dreadful posture. I mean, like this. But I was gonna say, like, this is the first time I've, you know, held a microphone like this since I've been. Yeah. You know, since I was on stage last, yeah. you know, pouring my heart and soul out looking for affirmation for completely indifferent people. Martin Big Pig. <laughs> Martin Moore. Yes. Doesn't I like, know him. He doesn't like Big Pig anymore. No, no, no. no. Really? I, I accidentally introduced it. The last time I was actually involved at the, in the Edinburgh Festival, seven years ago, I think. Um, he was in heaven. I was, I was introducing <laughs> acts. Why you get Martin more angry. Well, yeah, I mean, but um, he, no, he wasn't angry. He no. just he just said he to me, that. he just said to me, Martin Moore. Yeah. Know, was, well, I think in that maybe that era earlier, I remember seeing a lot of comedy guys that had like man with a beard. Yes, they'd have these kind of sticky names that you would see more in a black uh, comedy circuit where there there was some sort of. In their name, there would be some of their shtick would be involved in it in some form or another. But uh, I think a lot of people outgrew that. Mm. I just thought of Roger Monkhouse telling Roger. a joke at the fucking London Comedy Store and him walking through Soho and someone calling him a bald cunt. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm having all these like comedic flashbacks. I remember. Um, oh, 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 Jeff Innocent. Amer American Act is at the store. He's pitching, giving Jeff Innocent his credits. And Jeff is like, mate, no one gives a shit. You're on next. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Jeff. And a, like a dashiki or something. He was doing his warm ups for his uh, Edinburgh show. But yeah, it was. Uh, there was so I remember um, Al Barry stumbling into the, the green room at the London store. Alistair Barry? Alistair Barry. Fuck. Pi pissed. Pissed is, you know. You're always sharply dressed. Always sharply. Very well. Yeah. Done. But it was kind of ironic because this is where I'm leading to. This is always a, sharp. Stumble is in drunk. And I I mean, I, I've got a lot of time for Al when yeah, he's drunk. Yeah, I love him. I love and, him. Um, 
But he he had been. I think it was some pride parade or something. I can't remember what was going. But there was a lot of um, drag queens and transgenders out on the streets. Yeah. You know, having in fun London. in London. Yeah. And he yes, was. Do. <laughs> and he was mentioned. Somebody was mentioning this, <laughs> and Al just interjects. <laughs> well, somebody should tell them they look awful. <laughs> He's he's got three hundred dollar ostrich skin <laughs> shoes on. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean that that was a long time ago as well. If he said that today, he'd be funny. No, but I think the the gay community would appreciate it being challenged on their fashion sense. And let's not be honest, not all gay people dress sharply. No. Um, well, <laughs> I think that taste is subjective. Exactly. It's yeah. like music. Some people like a guy wearing a bow tie and chaps. Yeah. I, I would not wear that unless it was like parent teacher Jay. Jay, I'm having a stroke. Yeah. Do the show. You, you, you just uh, casually <laughs> swig that. Black death. Um, <coughs> uh, I'm going to do a show tonight, mm-hmm. a live podcast at the Ha Ha. I should, um, let's take a look here and <laughs> see where we're at. Because I sh- I'm terrible at um, promoting myself. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a bit of a drawback, considering it's a bit of a self-promotion I profession. Feel, I feel a little guilty. It's like tricking somebody into a trap. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... The trap being it's, I'm, your I'm set. I'm trapping people into a room and berating them. <laughs> Verbal assaults to their person and yeah. the people they care about, and then expect money for that. Yeah, well, but there's a small uh, audience. It's called Denmark, I think. <laughs> well, that's kind of stand-up comedy in general, really. Mm. I wouldn't say that's just you. I mean, that's no. just. And I, I think mean, that's it's, lost a bit. I mean, that's. I mean, it is a very egotistical thing. Well, I mean, you like, let's let's talk or talk about this. You know. You, we talked earlier how you were involved in the comedy industry, and now you've kind of got to look at it from a, two different perspectives now. Yes, you know, as it's seen the climate change as is a is a. Uh, I get asked. I, I think I know where you're going. I, I I get asked a lot if I would ever go back to it, and because when when I quit seven years ago, I re, I just realized it wasn't happening. I was. I was, like I said at the start, I was 19 when I started. Yeah. I had zero live experience, and I was in a rut. I had, like, my material was It was fucking, part of what got you to here. It is exactly what... So it, it was a stepping... It wasn't a career I mean, move, but it allowed you to probably do, to express yourself in, right. in an environment. But I was in it 100%. Yeah. Like, I wasn't yeah, in yeah, it yeah. to be a hobbyist or, or just, like, fuck around every well, once in a while. you've been around some great comics to know enough that you couldn't piss about. No. They were your friends. They were my friends, but they wouldn't... They wouldn't... We're they would tell it. me like, yeah. if, if it's shocked or not. Yeah. And... Or at least some did, some wouldn't. They'd just be nice and just go, oh, just keep trying, keep yeah. being... Um, but... I got. I just got to a point where I was just being like I wasn't progressing. Promoters were fucking bullshitting me. Like my one of my biggest faults. Excuse me. Still to your this day, your patience for horseshit. My patience for horseshit. I already shit. knew that about you after the first time I met you. <laughs> I just knew it. You didn't. You know. And in respect to you, you in this business, it, it's so 
unprofessional at times, and you're dealing with people that are working out of their mother's basement. Sure. And they're booking gigs, and they're fucking giving you stress, or blah, nickel diamond you this, or know this and that. And then you become in this situation where, like, you could be familiarize yourself with these people and go, they're not helping anything. They're an obstacle. They're in my right. way now. And that becomes an ongoing problem. And if you're sh- impatient and, uh, and genuine, you're yeah. going to have problems. Exactly. And no one, one of the things... No one wants to see your good, your good deeds. And I was, well, no, especially from a young, fiery kid in his early 20s. Yeah. And Who's a little frustrated and hangs out with a lot of wild people. Yeah. So there's no one's telling you to cool it. No. But, uh, well, I, there, I mean, there were, but I mean, like, like Steve would tell me just uh, like, because the first time I remember I fucking died a death oh. at the Manchester Comedy Store. It was my oh. first, uh, my first open spot there was a Christmas gig. Oh, no, those and are this, the worst. Yeah, well, I didn't, this is my first year of stand-up. I had no idea what Christmas gigs were like. Was Don Ward there? No, th- luckily, no. My friend was. I'll tell my buddy's bombing okay. story after yours. But I had to go on after Sean Collins... Oh yeah, tearing the fucking yeah. roof off for, yeah. for half an you hour. You got set up. Yeah. Sean and Collins is a Canadian who's been over there for years. Killer. We are oh, amazing. Great guy too. And we, uh, so we mentioned the gong show earlier. I was, I'd won the gong show a few months. I'd won the gong show actually the, the month that Jim Jeffries uh, was the uh-huh. gong master. Uh-huh. And um, uh, so I was, you know, young and naive and thinking, well, you know, I've won the gong show audience over. What? How hard can this be, right? I can handle bear pits. Biggest fucking self. Different but, animal. Oh, Jesus Christ. Different animal. You were, you were fighting snakes that I, night. It was just like in, it was just this noise erupted about five minutes into my set. <laughs> And I was I was a scrawny little clean shaven dweeb with like curtain hair because I was growing it out. The balcony, like and fuck. I was wearing a suit just because I thought that's what you have uh, no. to do. And no. like, and no, uh, <laughs> no, this sounds like a terrible ending. And they just they, they so there's like three types of <laughs> bombing on stage. There's like getting silence. There's getting talked over, and there's getting booed. I got all three with inside of and five of the, minutes. Arguably one of the hot, most hostile cities in the country. In the country. Com- like, I mean, like Manchester, especially get, back then. You get the fuck kicked Manchester's out Manchester's very... Is uh, it mellowed? It's mellowed a bit. It's still Manchester underneath it. But mm-hmm. I mean, like back then, certainly, like it was rough back yeah. then. And uh, so I come on and it was just one of those, they smelt blood. <laughs> <laughs> and they erupted into this noise that Hammered, kind of pissed off their face. You know, and it just, I eventually just like put the microphone back into yeah. the stands, was like, this isn't going to work, is it? And they'll then, push, they'll push hard. And the, the MC was already behind me. And uh, I was, how I was 20 years old at this point. Mm. And um, fed to the wolves. Fed to the wolves. And that was my first experience of wanting to curl up in the shower in yeah. the fetal position yeah. and just like... What like, am I even doing here? Yeah, what am I doing uh, what was with I my thinking? life? 
why was I even, you know, why did I think I could make 700, 600, whatever mm. many people like, all from like two offices or something stupid yeah. like that. And uh, that's part of the, the process, though, is you don't know, there's no handbook or structure to th- it. But the thing that lifted me out of it, because you know, like, like, if, you, if you've never done it, you don't know what that first feeling is like where people are just telling your soul. Oh, you could be the biggest, strongest, confident person and to get a room of people to despise you and, and you oh, ruin, yeah, like, their faces are, they want to, it, it goes it goes caveman in a second. Yeah, they've got so much energy to tell you how much you are shit. Yeah. And they, you know. The women, when they yell, that hurts my feelings. See, they, they, never, really, they never really bothered me. It was like <laughs> it was the other guy. The it was dudes. the dudes because especially because I was Come always on, mates. but but I was like but you see I was in the, uh, growing up I was surrounded by rugby jocks ah they were always intimidating me and always kind sure. of just you know you know we call them hockey players in Canada right okay same shit yeah and and so I was so I, it was always like that was one of the reasons why in the last few years or so I started training jujitsu MMA and, and powerlifting was because mm-hmm. I was just like you know what fuck this I'm sick of being a scrawny little fuck yeah and and being scared all the time yeah of of, of dudes that could you know hand my ass to me I'm just gonna fucking get good at this but that, you know, but as you were saying, I had to go through all of those fucking hurdles of figuring shit out. I'm, I'm a big believer in figuring shit out on your own. Most definitely. People and can give you advice until the cows come home. But the thing that lifted me out of that depression was... Uh, My Steve- fist fucking the nun joke? <laughs> <laughs> Is it... Everyone loves the mushy sound. <laughs> And that's when I saw the light, and Jesus was in my heart. I, don't, I wouldn't have described it as a mushy sound. It was, well, squelch. <laughs> squelch. Squelch. Oh. Anyway. Muddy. Um, I'm rusty when it comes to Yeah. But um, Steve texted me, asked me how I was doing, if I wanted to come around for a jam or something like that. Can't remember, but uh, he was asking me how I was doing, and I told him like not fucking good. Mm. I just died on my fucking ass at the comedy <laughs> store, and this, that, the other, all this. And his response was, "Ah, so you've died at the comedy store? Cool, I've done that." Yep. And that was it. Yeah. That, it just it was like kind of instantly lifted me out. Yeah. Like it was sort of no one's vulnerable or immune to. But it was that brush. It wasn't. It was two things. It was that one. Somebody as good and as accomplished as well, he him. summarized everything that you needed to hear in a sentence. R- exactly. Exactly. He he just and you, he brushed so it close off. to home. And I, all right, get back to the books. Yeah, exactly. And, and move on, whatever it may be. And I kind of made it uh, my mission from then on to basically go. Okay, that's not happening again. I'm I'm gonna be it's painful I'm, experience. I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna you know be fuck. You put me in a rowdy room, they ain't getting away with shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, as as you've get, I'm a humble guy. I don't like to blow my own trumpet a lot, but I was fucking good in a rowdy room, in a quiet room, in a low energy audience. I stunk the room out even worse. You grew up in an environment that was probably you were pushing against the general population and. So to be in a comedy situation, you've already poised 
to put, have somebody come attack you. And plus, at the time, I looked... if they're just sitting there uh, <laughs> disinterested, you have you have no you have no thing. No, but also the you. way I looked at the time, you know, was also an invitation for, <laughs> for hecklers as sure. well. Just being like this long-haired kid, sure, with a heavy metal shirt in front of. Yeah. Northern English Brits. Thought you'd come in from the shopping mall or something like that. Did you yeah, know, just it? youth and I'm young. Mm. It's a lot of people that have had a brutal life up north and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but they became my favorite gigs, like especially in the northeast of England, like sort of Hartlepool, Middlesbrough, Stockton, those, those shitholes. I've bombed so bad in Tunbridge Wells. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know exactly people watching Tunbridge Wells is like you're talking about bombing. They hated me because I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even give me a chance. They're, I asked them about jobs, and they all laughed. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! I mean, like, yeah, it's I, fun. I revel in it now. There's a video on YouTube called Jason Rouse. Not everyone's gonna like you, <laughs> and uh, it's a video of a. Um, angry patron busting into the green room and berating me, telling me she wishes I get cancer and die. Wow. Well, I'm doing a video blog. Okay. In uh, Edinburgh. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Edinburgh. It was Edinburgh. At the Jonglers that was short-lived there, I think. Oh, the Jonglers in that shopping center that was on the corner of Princess Street? Something like that. It yeah. was... Yeah, I, it was super high ceilings. I miss Scotland. There's some good gigs there. There's some great gigs like the Stand. Yeah, Glasgow Stand's one of my favorite clubs. See, I, I never really like. I preferred Edinburgh. Everyone always put Glasgow over, but I I always prefer, but I only did Glasgow on the Sunday night. I never did a full weekend in Glasgow. I always, yeah, dude, I did the full weekend in Edinburgh and then did the Sunday night in Glasgow. And then my girlfriend at the time fucked the whole thing up for me, pissed perfect. off all the management. So I never played there again. That's a long. I, I'm not getting into that one, but because if, if you get me started on, my, on that fucking bitch, then we ain't going anywhere. But all right, well, um, I haven't even turned on the microphones yet. <laughs> We've been just practicing. This is just a practice show. Um, but yeah, no, I, the, Scotland's got some great good, but that, the, the air, I mean, it is that typical thing of the, the areas in England where life is shit are, are usually going to be the best places to do because yeah. like the, you know, they're glad that you're there and that you shut up. From what I've heard, like America's kind of the same with the flyover states, like in, you know, in the, yeah, the middle of the starved. country. There's an oversaturation of talent. Yeah, in, in this city. So when you perform, you're performing to people in the industry or associated with it. So a lot of them have a big a bug up their ass anyway. Yeah. So you're a lot of the um, comedy shows that are outside of the major clubs are just all comedians. Yeah, you're on stage, and I'm like, I'm telling them about comedy from the future. <laughs> I just watch everything from '89 to '95, and it's. It's the worst. Well, oversaturation kind of brings me to me getting out, which is sort of 2010, 2011-ish. I just sort of, like I said, like promoters were just not being straight. They're all telling me, you know, just yeah, everyone progresses at It started to dry up. You, you, yeah. you were peaking when it was cl- plummeting. Yes. Yeah. So you were... You were the... Uh, so everyone was being very yeah. picky about who they yeah. wanted to be the next big thing yeah. and who they wanted to support yeah. and promote and all that kind of shit. I just wasn't... Favoritism. Yeah, nepotism politics, talent, massively that, yeah. took over. Yeah. And I was made the mistake of being very straight up and honest 
yeah. with people mm. and not like being a cunt about it, far from it, but just like, well, hang on, you told me I need to do this, that, and the other to get this spot. Yeah. I've done this, that, and the other. Where's this spot? And then it's like email or also the other thing is that when I started there was there was no social media. No. There was no real if you wanted to get a gig you had to pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. And then email started to take over. There was no Wi-Fi or anything when mm. I started. So, you know, people didn't really have use email that much. Text messaging was the thing. Yeah, texting or whatever. Was, England was like huge on text messaging. Yeah. And then, um, but then email took over and then that became another way for uh, promoters just to fucking get rid of you and fob you off. And then, um, so then that, and then social media started, you know, Facebook got really big and everything and then Facebook messaging. So that became the new sort of, there was always this different medium where promote where as the scene got more and more overly saturated, there just became more methods for people to just fucking be rid of you. Yeah, they cut out the middleman. All the nickel and dime promoters got replaced by Facebook invites. Yeah, so they they would just pages, yeah. they would tell you a different thing every time, or send me an email, or send me a message on Facebook, or leave yeah. me a voicemail. I'll totally get back to you. Yeah. And there were some that were were true to the word, but there was a fuck ton that would just. That's like, what's in place in this town. Oh, really? Yeah, same horseshit. Oh, wow. Same horseshit. Yeah. Well, then I get messages on newsletter. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. No. But, but um, <laughs> so so that crept in and nepotism crept in and then this, this whole kind of live at the Apollo sort of live stand-up on TV culture kicked McIntyre, in. McIntyre, the cunt. McIntyre. McIntyre was... I only met him a couple of times. He was nice to me. But, well. oh, oh, did you do it? No, oh. I threatened his life at the Glee Club one night. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with um, Ben Hurley, because of fucking, um, because of um, <laughs> um, Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> I love Will. Yeah. Um, the British. Yeah, yeah, comedian. yeah. I know you're in And uh, anyway, yeah, it got, uh, he was headlining and there was some disrespect on the show and I'd had enough. But Ben Hurley. <laughs> for, for, the, for the Americans that are listening to this, Michael McIntyre is like the biggest thing. He's like, the, he's pretty much just in terms of scale, not in terms of style or anything like that, but in terms of scale. Household pro- name. Yeah, exa- exactly. He's the biggest comedian in England. Well, I don't know if you've seen my uh, Wikipedia page, <laughs> but I still don't give a fuck. <laughs> You know. I'm, I'm gonna have to look that. Nah. <laughs> um but um, so I yeah. Long story short, I I saw the writing on the wall. I just thought, you know what? I I emailed a bunch of people looking for advice on how to fucking get out of this shit, and then uh, or, or or what to do. Actually, mm. I was looking for. I was basically looking for people to tell me what I wanted to hear. Yeah, you know, at a time where I was a bit lost, I was in a fucking miserable relationship that I shouldn't have been in, or. You know, same cunt that was manipulating me. Um, but I emailed a bunch of people. Um, and Suicide the one letter. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Jeff Whiting says, I got a gig for you. <laughs> and got, a laundry I, mat. I've got in, in Soho. In um, Portsmouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on a Wednesday at noon. <laughs> Can you do it? Can you do it? Bring the letter. Read the letter at the I've end. I've got a driver for you, but you're going to have to pay him half your wages. <laughs> 
Oh my god! <laughs> and it's written down. That's the craziest part. And you're looking it over, going, "Ugh." I did one in in Daventry with him, which is in the middle of fucking nowhere. I think the nearest thing in Daventry is an airport. And like we had to set up the PA system. Yeah, no, that <laughs> happens all over the world. There's always some sub- <coughs> subcontractors, we'll call them. So I um, sent messages out to people looking for advice. The one guy who's like my good friend Dave Longley, he's the uh, one guy who didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And the he, truth? Yeah, he 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 who? said Dave Longley. Oh. Um, who's who I've sort of reconnected with in recent years because we both he's still a comedian in England, excellent, and he's uh, but he he got me into he didn't get me into but he he taught me how to properly power lift and he's and we're both blue belts at jiu-jitsu so we both uh, he's a fucking giant of a man. Mm. Um, but have you ever it, shook Josh Barnett's hand? No, that's another giant. I was like I'm a I'm an organic woman. Well, I've never seen him in person, but I, I, I can imagine because like that dude is, I mean, he's one of the, the, the best grapplers in the entire sport. And he's pro- in the proper metal. Yes. Yeah. I always like see legit, him. I yeah. always see him on like Nergal's, you know, Instagram yeah, yeah, or yeah. wearing a Watain shirt or yeah. something like that. He's no, like, he's yeah, legit. he's got, and it, well, it's, his nickname now is the war master after yeah. bolt throwers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, he's got superb taste. I saw the last, or the, the last bolt thrower show in Canada. I saw the last one in England at Mm. the uh, Damnation Festival in Leeds. When somebody died after, shortly after. The the drummer did, sadly. Uh, But Dave Longley was the only guy who's, and he's still the only guy really in my life that's straight up with me and will, you know, kind of verbally slap me silly to get me to see straight. And he basically just said to me, look, you're young, you haven't done anything yet. You know, not as a, you know, an insult or mm. anything. He was just saying, you need to live your life before you, you, you're you're plowing yourself way too far emotionally and yeah. physically into this. Your experience is lacking your drive. Exactly. Um, and he uh, he basically just just said, just live your life. Yeah, be, fuck be, up a little bit. Yeah. Get a little loose. You know, that you don't need to be doing this. Maybe in your mid-30s or something, then you think about coming back to this. But for now, you're... You're yeah. too young to be doing. No, this. I had a, a literally a, a, a nervous breakdown in my early twenties, right? Because of the anxiety of all my role models were kind of blue collar people. Yeah. So to to, to in, go down the road of an artist and having the uncertainty that people they were getting checks on a regular basis. There was more. You could see that they had a normal norm, normality of their life, and mm. there was sense. Yet I found out later on there's no security in that either. No. So why not do something that you enjoy? Well, I was uh, I had a similar kind of experience in that my kind of artistic role models were blue collar people. Yeah. Whereas I didn't come from a blue collar background. I came from a really good upbringing, really Horse sheltered thieves, one. I heard. <laughs> we, well, you know, somebody's got to do it. You know, there's a market on the black market for thievery of horses. And Apparently by death, isn't it? Uh, Horse thieves in certain circles. So were you now? There's a very distinct class system. I remember working with a comic, and she says I have to stay in the car because if they hear my accent in this area, they'll fuck us up. Where was this? We were in some pretty sketchy part of England. She was clearly a, a posh 
Okay. Uh, like, uh, you know, atypical. Um, yeah, she was spoke awesome. <laughs> she sounded yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Proper English. Yeah. Um, and we were in a sketchy part. She goes, I can't come out. We were at a sketchy uh, petrol station. Okay. And uh, she was concerned that the use wouldn't take kindly to her uh, accent. Oh, her accent. Yeah. Oh, I see. Right. I thought they meant your accent. Oh no, they just think I'm, I'm American who's been in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, or yeah. Something. <laughs> you know, a and well, that, yeah. Well, that certainly is true. I mean, like if you if you would be like, certainly when I back in when I was doing stand up, if you were in the wrong area of Manchester with you know the wrong accent, you know, yeah, you you, you not you, to mention football jersey. Oh yeah, well, or that, just the locals are trying to kill each other. Yeah. It's not even that segregated. It's fucking Fury Road from the pub home. Well, there's a fucking uh, criminal called Dale Cregan, I think his name was, in Manchester. He that, was my cobbler. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> it's the guy, he shot two cops and killed them. In England. In England. He had one of two, three two, guns. Two women cops. Um he fetish night. He was like he was just a he's just a fucking he, the dude has one eye for a start mm. and doesn't wear a, no fucks given doesn't wear a patch or oh, anything. Oh, glory hole Joe. Know, built like a brick shit house. He's huge and, and he's got one eye. Yeah. What are you going to say to that guy? I, well, nothing. Apparently some people haven't got that fucking message. So he executed what is he a gangster? He's I I he's just like yeah. I mean just some underworld fucking heavy. In, in Manchester, I mean, he's in jail now, in prison now. You can't go to jail with one but eye. I mean, like, Someone's going to fuck it. He shot up a pub, like, and threw a grenade in there. You I mean, and this is so. like, like five, six years ago, something yeah. like that. You know, I, I mean, like, you, you, so Manchester's kind of hipster and gentrified and studenty now, but I mean, like, it's still fucking Manchester. It gets a it. little um, um, Jack the Ripper yeah. in certain areas. You know, that city. You know, there's those roads are, they're all zigzaggy horse trails and stuff. But I mean, it, it was kind of what made me also feel slightly fraudulent being on stage as well, is that because, like, I didn't experience any kind, I was too busy giving myself shit for not having a fucking shit upbringing and a shit life. Uh. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's weird. <laughs> and yeah, and, and and unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, you know, because I, I, because everyone else had, everyone else around. Well, apparently, had. some people are just a little more vocal and very descriptive. Probably, there's a lot of people that kind of will quote suffer in silence. Yeah, and um, oh, he killed himself. He never, he never expressed it like the other half pain horseshit people. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> What we're really here to talk about is Satan. Yes, <laughs> in the form of music. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna do some shit. We're gonna go to do uh, George Perez's stories. Maybe we'll actually we'll probably actually have you on on the show. And uh, I'm doing the Ha Ha Comedy Festival or North Hollywood Comedy Festival at the Ha Ha tonight. If you're in uh, California. Do you have anything you got to <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a, I, I basically... I, I have, used to be somebody. Now I'm a fucking nothing. No, Do you have anything to plug? I have uh, <laughs> I have some shows. <laughs> you I, can follow me on social media if yeah. you give the slightest you got an Instagram? of shit. I've got an Instagram, Killian Monson. It's just a simple K-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-O-N-S-O-N. 
if you are so inclined to give a shit about this nobody. You'll be, this is you uh, being ashamed for your upbringing. People want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> People want to hear of the privileged. I'm doing the Download Festival in England, Donington Castle, right? Um, yeah, I'm not. On June 7th and 6th at the Side Splitters tent. And then the um, Leicester Square Theater on the 15th. I don't normally get a chance to brag about some gigs, but though the, the download festivals, go to www.download.co.uk. It's pretty cool. There's like 10 it's, bands. It's decent. Yeah. I mean, it used like, to be a little more extreme. I mean, it's, well, it's about it. I remember, you see, I'm one of these purists when it comes to Donington. Like, it, I remember when it was Monsters of Rock. Yeah. And there was like one stage, maybe two, and there'd just be like 10 bands on. And they were all big fucking names. Yeah. Now Hellfest in France is kind of taking over all that. Yeah. And doing more extreme. And Vakken. Yeah. I mean, like, Vakken especially for the extreme. But, I mean, even, like, but, I mean, Download, there's, you know, there's hundreds of bands on across, what, five stages, something like that. And maybe maybe ten of them you actually want to see. But I mean, totally. the environment. Yeah, it's I mean, a fun hangout. It, it is. People fun. are very nice. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being a grumpy cunt. You're but a I mean, sour old <laughs> cunt. You are. That's why when no it one comes to bugle. music. Yeah. yeah, that's why no one. You got your bugle. nose in the air. But when it comes to music, I am a fucking, I am a grumpy cunt because I just, I, I don't like the name download. No, because it's like I don't associate with pirating. Exactly, yeah. and I'm a firm believer in paying for music, and it has nothing to do with the thing. No, it I think you should go back to, to Monsters of Rock. I do too. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Should be somebody came in the corporate here, office like, and rebranded it and fucking blew it. Screw petitioning for to ban Donald Trump from coming to England or yeah. anything. My campaign would just be changed. Download to Monsters of Rock. That you're a simple man. I'm a very simple. You just want to go back, and then you'll start going. Give a shit about yeah. these people who actually make decisions on my life. But you know, this is one thing I think we should all rally behind. December fourteenth, I will be in Copenhagen, apologizing, <laughs> apologizing for the lack of connection I've had with the children I've left behind <laughs> in pails in and around abortion clinics in child's park the, the north of Denmark I've never had a child that's lived lived uh, beyond how old <laughs> uh, how how long coat hanger long like three coat hangers long <laughs> three, three coat hangers that is that a long time i think that's well if we're going on length of how long it takes to get in how many coat hangers? It I'm imagining that's only a matter of days. I think it's time for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a nice surprise. I had to say, yeah, I looked man. at you like three times, and I, I follow you on social media, so I was like, I, I think it's him. Yeah. I'm going to look at him hard one more time. Either he's going to punch me in the throat <laughs> or go, hey, mate, how are you doing? Yeah. And uh, sure enough, uh, it was you, and uh, we're going to, you know, I know you're only in town for a short time, and you have some plans to maybe move here in the future. It would be uh, very cool. Mm. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having this fucking nobody here that's going to confuse I, the shit out of all of your loyal listeners. People will appreciate the honesty. I'm, I'm sure they will in the form of trolling. 
don't care what society thinks. Good.